0: The Beat Church in Pflugerville, Texas. Bringing you messages of inspiration, hope, and freedom. Turn up the volume and get ready for the truth that will set you free.
1: All right. Yeah, I came to Andy a month or so ago said I wanted to, to speak with y'all and uh, it, it just fit in perfect. And he has been uh, <laughs> kind of the ending of a three-week sermon that he's had going on, and, and the last few weeks he's been talking about the main enemies and opposition of God's call on our lives. Uh, the first week he was talking about the devil and how the devil impacts us, and, and we allow the devil to, to prevent us from growing closer to God. Uh, last week he talked about how other people, we want to blame other people on You know, the reason we're not doing this is because it's his fault or her fault or their fault. And we want to pass the blame to others. Uh, But today, we're talking about self. We're talking about how we do things that prevent us from growing closer to God. Uh, One of the big, biggest factors that I see in that is transparency. And that's mainly what I wanted to talk on today was just the transparency, being open and honest, both with ourselves and those around you. We can be there to support each other, love on each other, and help each other through difficult times if we're transparent. Um, Kind of God's timing on this happening to be falling this week because this week's with Halloween coming up. We're all going to be, you know, all the kids dressing up in masks and you know going out trick or treating. But no matter what they put on, I mean, you you put on a black robe and carry an axe, it does not make you the Grim Reaper. We know it's a mask. We know it's fake. We go through, uh, you know, uh, my wife loves watching all these musical shows The Voice and the America's Got Talent and all that. One of the popular ones out right now is the second season of The Masked Singer. And you stand there, they wear a mask to hide who they really are so they feel comfortable going out on stage and singing and you have no idea if that person singing is a professional singer or a professional football player. You don't have a clue. You're just, they're hidden behind a mask and you don't get to see the real person until the end. God talks about in, in 1 Samuel chapter 16, verse 7. says, The Lord does not look at the things people look at. People look at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. The Lord doesn't pay attention to the masked singer. He pays attention to the heart. I'm standing in front of you today, dressed nice, dressed sharp, thinking, okay, with the appearance, with the way I look, looks like I got it all together. Looks like I have life figured out because we look at the appearance. We look at how you appear to us and we make our judgment from that. But in reality, we all fight different struggles. Okay, um, There's several struggles we all do pretty much all the time on a daily basis. Um, first one I got here, health. Okay, We all fight health issues at different times. Sometimes it's something that seems minor, such as a toothache. Now we're dealing with you know, cavities, root canals, crowns, whatever, sometimes it's something serious. We've had people showing up with neck brace, can barely even move their head because they just had uh, surgery. We've had, when, when Gordon's wife shows up, she's in a wheelchair, it's not hidden, it's, it's there. She's in a wheelchair. There's health issues there and we see that. Um, but by being transparent, being so that others see what you're going through, it allows you to open up and share with others. We've shared with several of you in the past uh, with my wife's health issues. She went through some health issues and no matter how much we wanna look like we got it all together, no matter how much we wanna try and hide the struggles, we wanna show you that we got life figured out, sometimes it's not always what it appears to be. Sometimes the things we go through life, we struggle with a lot. with my wife's health issues, she went for a couple years, barely left the house without me pushing her on a wheelchair. She had four times one year we were told to call family in. One of the very hardest things I ever did in my life, to say she didn't make it. But she came out, she came back. But by opening up and sharing those things, and telling people what we've been through, we have had so many people come to us for guidance and help and advice. I've had teenagers come to me and say, my mom or my dad is going through major pain. What can I do as a kid to help? I feel helpless, but I want to help them. I've had couples come to us and say, we're going through something. How do you go through that? We've had husbands, we've had wives, we've had parents come through say, my kid's going through this i don't understand how to do this can you help me the only reason they could come to us is because look i got flaws i was transparent i said i'm here for you and it allows other people that are going through these things to open up my my mother-in-law actually she has a uh You know they they always test when you're in elementary school and stuff, they always do that test to see if you have curvature of the spine, because that's a big issue, that's a big health issue if you have curvature. My mother-in-law doesn't just have a curvature of the spine, she has a triple curve of the spine. The pain she's in on a daily basis is immense. And yet she prays, she praises God and thanks God for her pain, because her pain allows her to be a vessel to bless other people, to be there to support them. Um, my wife made the comment several times when I'm like, you know, I'll, should we get around? I'm like, you look really good today. She said, well, if you can't feel good, you might as well at least look good. Um, but it's, it doesn't change how you feel. You're still flawed. You still have your issues. You got to share those. one of the other common ones that we deal with is money. Okay? We all have issues at varying different times, varying amounts, but money is a concern. Uh, one of the key areas as far as obviously for money is the jobs, the careers that we do, the the past that we go through. This church has been just over a year, just celebrated our year anniversary, and in that year's time we've had so many of us going through job changes. I mean, Robert's gone through him, Gordon's gone through it. Now I've gone through it. Jesse's gone through it. Donnie's gone through it. Even Pastor Andy. He's also a, a furniture store owner. Oh, no, wait. Uh, Uber driver. No, wait. He's a storage unit flip. No, wait. He changed again. Never mind. He's in a, a helper at an apartment complex for their activities. Constant changing jobs because money, we all struggle with money. The finances become an issue. Okay? One of the people here right now that struggles a lot, and I praise him for his openness and honesty, is Jason Tompkins. He's going through a transition, going from what he's been doing as a career to saying, you know what? I wanna go into real estate. I think in the long run it's the best thing for me, best thing for my family, best thing that I can do to take care of what we need. Anytime you go through a transition in a job, it's money, money stresses. All the time. But if you walk up to Jason and say, How are you doing today? I'm doing great, man. How are you? He's upbeat, he's happy, he's positive. He's kind of got that mask on a little bit. But once you start talking to him and you get to know him, you realize that even though he says he's doing great, and overall in life he is, he's doing great. But he shares with you that he does have some flaws in his life. That the money becomes an issue. And he lets you in. And he'll tell you about it. And it lets you know that you're not the only one going through that. When you need someone to pray with you, he's there for you. When you need someone to love on, you need a shoulder to cry on, he's there for you. Because he says, look, I got flaws. I'm there with you. I'm not perfect. All right? Another big area we all deal with, all of us here, Family. Many of us in here are parents. Obviously, we all have our own parents. Some are with us, some have passed. Um, We struggle a lot with issues with our family. And no matter what appearance we wanna give, as parents, you always have those days you just resist the urge to just let them know how frustrating you really are with them. Um, But we, we deal with the issues of our family. Sometimes it's issues with our kids. Sometimes it's issues in our marriage, okay? Um, we've got a very blessed church here and the fact that we've got people here that always, always want to grow the church they're always looking for ways to grow the church and sometimes they look outside the box and say you know, I just want to grow it even if I can only grow by one so they adopt (laughs) and now we grew by one and most of their friends support them and loved them for that but they even had a really close friend that said, that's nothing I can now do that I can foster two at a time. I just doubled your numbers. (laughs) But as you go through things like adoption or fostering, as parents, we can all relate to the fact that, you know, even when when our kids bring a buddy over, spend the afternoon, spend the night, okay, the changes in our household is stressful. There's more going on, there's more noises, there are more activities, there are more mouths to feed. There's more things going on, but when you open your home, and say, move in, live with us and I want to take care of two kids that aren't biologically mine. And you talk to them, and they say, we're good. Everything's happy. And you know what? In reality, they are happy, but at the same time, it adds more stresses. There it is. It's back on. But they open up and say, "We have these struggles. Life's hard, but we're getting through it. And here's how. And now, when you go through life and you have things come up with your family, you have something where maybe you have a family member, your your brother, or sister, ends up in the hospital, and they're like, can you take care of my kids for a week till I get out of the hospital?" All of a sudden, you got these extra kids in your house. How do you deal with it? You know, you got people you can turn to that have opened their homes to others. Because there's some people that I don't even know how many kids Andy and Carrie have. I've never been to their house where they got less than ten. But you know, you can turn to these people, and they'll support you. They'll love you. They'll talk you through it. They'll walk you through it. Because in life, you always have things come up. But it doesn't really matter whether you. Focus on the health, or you focus on the family, or you focus on the money. Because in reality, you can't focus on just one. You're always in life juggling with each of these. But what happens as you go through the struggling parts of your life? If what you're struggling with right now is money, you tend to focus all your energy and efforts on money. And what happens? If all you do is focus on money, and I just watched that, you end up spending all your days at work trying to make the money, and you ignore your family. You focus on your family, and all you want to do is spend time with your family. The greatest pastime I have, my greatest hobby, is more family time. I love time with my family, doing any of it. But if all I focus on is that, I'm never showing up to my job, and the money's an issue. The health becomes an issue. At all, we're constantly juggling. So I just picked these few areas, but as you go through life, it's not just health, family, money. We all have various struggles that we go through. <laughs> and sometimes on these struggles, oh they seem so out of normal. How on earth can I cope with it? But if you open up and talk, there's others that have been through it. I've got a very good friend of mine who, a couple years ago, found out her husband was molesting their daughter. Needless to say, the hardest thing she'd ever gone through. But she opened up, she talked to, to others about it. She shared that story. It wasn't easy, wasn't always pretty, but she shared it. Yesterday, a friend of ours, another friend of, of her and I, was on the phone with someone who said, I haven't been able to work all week. I'm having a hard time with this. I just found out my brother was molesting my daughter. He said, I can love you through it. I can sympathize with you, but I've not gone through that, but i got a friend who has. Can I give her your name and number? She'd love to call you and talk to you and be there for you. No matter what you're going through in life, however ugly it might be, someone else has been there. Never feel alone. When you open up When you open up and let it know who you really are, sometimes it's called uh, airing your dirty laundry. Obviously, I'm not good at laundry, so maybe that's a bad analogy, but uh, as, as you go through life and you're airing your dirty laundry, so to speak, your sharing is inviting others to share with you. You don't realize the impact you can make on those around you by just being transparent don't look at what people look at. Look at what the Lord looks at. The Lord looks in your heart. If you were to walk in right now, first time in, you just walk in, you see some guy up there on stage looking like this, you just turn around and walk back out. But if you're open and you're honest, you let people know who you really are. My wife made a comment one time, or multiple times, but she said, if I have to go through this pain to help someone else, then praise God, that's my journey. Because no matter what pain you're in, if you're not going through it alone, it's a lot easier to bear. So in life, we're constantly trying to be transparent. But yeah, we try and hide a little bit. But once in a while, you can come across someone who's willing to be transparent. Oh yeah, Carrie. So once in a while, you can find someone who can stand in front of you. He can drive. He can drive every day to church in a truck plastered with his company name on it. Says, here's who I am and here's what I do. He can stand in front of you every Sunday and say, this is who I am. I'm not hiding anything. He can stand there and say, this is my whole family right here praising God with you. And I got nothing to hide. Be transparent. Be that guy that can stand there with you and be a part of it and say, This is the real me, get to know me, love me the way I am, I'll love you the way you are, and I'm there for you if you ever need a shoulder to cry on. But by being open and honest, people know they can come to me if their spouse is going through medical issues. People know they can go to Jason and Alicia if they find out their kid is having cancer. People know they can go to Jesse and Sheila if they find out they're adopting, fostering, opening their homes to someone maybe they didn't even plan on. But by opening up and being honest with others around you, you've opened up an opportunity for someone else to be able to grow closer to God and not go through life alone. With that, I'm going to turn it back over to Andy. He's going to do the second half of this. I just wanted to share that sermon with a little bit of entertainment factor on it.
0: All right, let's give uh, Jason a hand and take an offering for some clothes. (laughs) Let's try to get this guy dressed. Good word, man. Good word. How many of you have benefited from someone else's transparency in your life before? God wants to use your transparency to bless someone else, amen? That's what the church is about. It's not a place to hide. It's a place to come out and let God do his work in us because it's the Bible says that his strength is made perfect in our weakness and so um, he kind of took the side of this of you know what happens when we are transparent how we can be a blessing I'm taking the other side of this of what is normal what is normal is not transparency so Don if you want to put that first one up Uh, I work at these apartments with kids can you guys see that or do we need to flip a light off Josh you want to flip that light off so we can see that I work at apartments with kids, and as you notice, a little girl in the corner right there, got a little set of these on, only hers is not a rabbit, hers is a unicorn. So this little girl comes in every day, and every day, she has that same unicorn headband on, every day. And so she came in this week, and she looks at me, and she says, she's actually sitting on the floor coloring, I'm at my desk, and she looks up at me, and she says, do you know who I'm going to be for Halloween? And I'm like looking at her, and I said, uh, unicorn. And she's like, oh, how did you know? <laughs> I just said, uh, that was just a lucky guess. That's all, lucky guess. But, you know, even when we put stuff on, right, and we try to be something else, right, our humanity still sticks out. You can still see who I am, right? So there's a level of hiding, but no matter what, people see us more than we think they do. I can tell what she loves and wants to be. I can tell what she is without her telling me. So there is an aspect of transparency where it's very much kind of active, like I'm going to choose to be transparent. But there's also a false security that we have in thinking that if we put stuff on, that no one can see it, or no one can see us. Like, well, nobody can really tell what I'm about if I, don't, if I don't tell them. If I stick around you long enough, your humanity is going to pop out. I'm going to see who you are. I'm going to see what's going on. It'll happen. And if you don't tell me, your spouse will. <laughs> right? How many of you have had your spouse tell secrets on you before? Well, congrats, you're still married. That's really good. That's what happens is that we try to hide. We try to put things in. And the Bible says that that man looks on the outside, but God looks at the heart. But you know what? In our actual life, that's true and that God does that. And God sees our insides right off the bat, the good and the bad, and he looks to encourage and to build us up. But also, if people are around us long enough, our heart will eventually start to come out even to people. The Bible says, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Our stuff starts to come out. So the choice isn't whether or not people will know you have stuff. The choice is how they'll know. Will they know in relationship and trust and humility because you're depending on the Lord and you're depending on each other and you're loving each other and so you're sharing? Or will they know because you're trying to hide it, you're putting up a wall and nobody else can see and help you, but eventually it comes out anyways? So, Donnie, if you want to put that next one up, this came up. I was walking through. This is the floor at the apartment complex, and I was just walking through, doing some stuff, and I looked down, and I almost stepped in this. And if you can see that, this is a big puddle of spilled milk. And, you know, our culture, you know, we have this saying, who's ever heard, don't cry over spilled milk, right? Why don't you cry over spilled milk? Because you clean it up. It's not something to cry over. You can get some more, right? Right? That's old school. Nowadays, this is what people live like. They don't clean it up. They just put a sign on it, do not touch. (laughs) I literally was walking across, and I looked down, and some little girl had spilt milk. And rather than get a rag and clean it up, she made a sign. She put it on the milk. It says, do not touch. And I look around the room, and I said, does anybody know who this is? And this little girl goes, I did that. I said, well, She's like, yeah, you don't want to touch that. I said, we could clean it up, right? Oh, yeah, we could do that. So then we got a mop and we cleaned it up. But this is how people live. They live with these things in life that they've messed up. And when other people come around, what do they say? Don't touch that. Hey, you can be my friend. You can love me. You can hang out with me. You say, man, I see that you have a struggle going on with your finances. Oh, don't don't touch that. Don't touch that. Uh, It looks like you and your wife might be having some struggles. Don't don't touch that. Man, I saw a little anger problem flaring out (laughs) at that thing where you just kind of lost it. Don't touch that. And we take the things in our life that are not good, that are a mistake, that are a mess-up, that are spilled, that there's a problem, and we just... We don't actually clean it up ourselves. Maybe we don't know how. We don't have the transparency to go to someone else and ask them for help cleaning it up. And so we just tuck it back deeper in our life. Taking Jason's example, we just tuck the shirt in, tuck the tie in, put the suit coat over it, and we just keep layering up and say, don't touch. And then we come to church or around lots of other people who are layering up, putting signs on things don't touch. And then we go home and we wonder, How come it doesn't feel like I can connect with anybody? How come it doesn't feel like I have a relationship? How come it doesn't feel very real? Well, it doesn't feel real because we do these kinds of things. And so when we're dealing with self, you know, the first week we talked about the devil as an enemy and what his power is and what his power isn't and how great God's power is over the devil. The second week we talked about others and how we often push and we shift blame to other people and say, well, it's that person did it and that person did it, but God wants us to be able to actually stand up and take responsibility for our own life and the things that we choose and to love on others, to forgive others, to help others, and to do those things. But the Bible talks also about self. And the Bible says this. It says that God resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. Now, grace is two things in the Bible. Grace comes in, and it brings that kind of forgiveness to us. But grace also empowers. It's like when you see a ballerina, you say, oh, wow, they're so graceful. It brings an ability to do something. And so breaking through in this area of self means to, as we read God's word, it's taking a real honest assessment and saying, I don't live up to some of these things. I need to grow. I need to mature. I need to change. And then going to the next step, which is, I don't think I even know how. Now what? You know, Brandon's running an addiction recovery house right now, right? The best thing you can do when you come out of addiction is, first of all, admit you have an addiction. The next best thing you can do is admit that you aren't the one to solve it. You don't know how. You need help. And then once you open up and say, I need help, I would say, and this is not professional addiction counseling moment, but I would say your third most important thing, is to stick around and not run away. Let people help you. Let people in and then stick around long enough to develop relationship and, and to work those things through because it takes time to change things. It takes time to grow. It takes time to mature. And there has to be that consistent openness and transparency to move forward. God wants to grow us. The Bible says that when we are come to Christ, we are new creations. Old things are passed away. All things are made new. In another passage, it talks about how we're as newborn infants. And that newborn infants desire milk, and they need the milk of the Spirit, which is just the little things to grow us. But then it also says that by now you should be eating meat. There's this idea that we grow up, we become more mature. I used to have this anger problem, but now I'm able to walk in peace. When someone comes into a situation and and they make me mad, now I can walk in peace. I used to have anger problems. I've shredded doors in my house, punched holes in walls, broken furniture. I've done all of it back in the day. We literally used to have the goal every time we moved that you know what, we're not gonna break anything in this house and have to fix a wall. No home repairs. That's like a literal goal we'd talk about. And I would just rage out and just start breaking things. I don't do that anymore. Not just because, well, I'm older. I still get angry. People still, it's not because people are so much more calm and so much more great. People still make me mad. I still get those feelings that come up sometimes, like I just want to start breaking stuff. But now I've matured in the Lord and walked in that, not even of my own strength, but because I was transparent and open, and I've told people, I said, man, I deal with anger. I wasn't transparent at first. I used to just hang pictures over the holes, Literally. I remember one situation, talk about a lack of transparency. We had people living with us, and they lived in a room up above our garage. And my wife and I got in a fight in the kitchen. This is back in the, this would have been like late 90s. We got in a fight in the kitchen and argument. We're like arguing and fighting, and I stepped out of the kitchen into the laundry room, and I turned around to come back in and keep yelling and raging out, and she shut the door and locked it. and continue to trash talk me from the other side by the way and i said i'm coming you don't open that door in 10 seconds i'm coming through that door no you're not unlock it right now you're too weak you little man <laughs> i counted to 10 She continued to laugh at me, and I went through that door, man. I went through it and left nothing but bark dust because it wasn't like cops where you kick it and a little front handle part just pops open. This was a house built back in 1918. This thing was built. So I literally broke through the door, and when I was done, all that was left of that door was just pieces of wood shredded all over the ground, and the doorknob was still there, and the hinge was still there. There was just a hole in the middle. By the time I calmed down, Eventually you do. <laughs> Eventually you get sober. The rage fades away. I looked around, and I'm like, what has happened here? What do I do? People live with us outside in the studio above our garage. They're going to come in because they come in every morning. We did breakfast or had coffee going. They're going to come in. So as quick as I could, man, I started sweeping and cleaning, and I got rid of this whole door like it was never there except for the frame. And they came in the next morning, and they walk in the door, and they look around. They said, wow, what happened to your door? It's gone. And I said, because there was no remnants of a broken door anymore, this is what I said. I said, well, we just wanted to open things up a little bit, kind of make it a little more airy in here. And no joke, it just looked at me and goes, to the laundry room? (laughs) want some coffee? (laughs) That was it. And because I wasn't willing to be open or transparent, the the anger levels went on for quite a bit longer. Had I been open and transparent, I could have got some help at the moment. But that's what happens, is that we make excuses for ourselves. We we kind of say, well, I don't really need to grow up in that. You know, I can hide it. I can change it. I was riding with somebody the other day. I don't remember who, but they made this comment. It might have been my daughter, but made this comment that when we look at other people, the studies show when we look at other people, right, we judge them as if it's personal. They did this, they did that, they're angry, they're upset, they don't forgive, they're whatever, it's they. But when we look at our own mistakes, that the studies show, we say, the circumstance I was in. Well, it was really busy. Well, it was really stressful. Well, it was a really, you know, it was a, it was a tough time. And so it's their fault or else it's, if it's me, it's the situation. Who could have blamed me? And we've got to get open and transparent enough with each other that God can begin to work in our lives and begin to bring change. And then beyond that, going back to what Jason says, I'm going to wrap it up here, is that as we do that, God brings about more of his likeness in us The people around us begin to look, and they go, wow, I can see that you are changing, that God is working on you. I see that you've been through this, that this has happened in your life. How did you do that? And that's when we say, oh, I read a good book, and I got into an exercise program. Or we really get transparent, and we say, you know what? I was hopeless. Man, I had tried and tried and tried. And I couldn't get to change. But I started spending time with my Heavenly Father. I started spending time with Jesus. I started opening up and asking for help. And as people began to speak into my life and help me, and I began to feel the presence of the Lord, that God's love came in. And as I became humble, His grace came in. And He began to change my life. And you know that God would do the same for you. If you open your life to Jesus, He will come in and begin to change your life. And He'll put people around your life that can help you. In the circumstance that you're going through. And it, that's what happens. We begin to open up and share. First, we change, and then our change changes others. And that's how God wants to work through the church. But we can't be the stopper. The water's flowing this way of God's grace and change, but then we stop it because we don't want anybody to know what's going on. The Bible says in Revelations that we overcome by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of our testimony. We overcome both our own issues and help other people overcome their issues by the word of our testimony is the piece that we play. We have to open up, share, talk about what's going on, what's God doing, how's God changing me, how am I growing, this is how God can help you. And we begin to share testimony about how God to change. And it's okay if you are where you are. When I first came to church, man, I was in the back row, and I went out every 10 minutes to go get a drink of water because I didn't want anybody to talk to me, and I was too nervous to sit in the service. The point isn't where you are. The point is that you are being open and transparent, and you're growing, and next year you won't be quite where you are. You'll be more like Christ. And you help someone else make that step, and they'll be more like Christ. And the world watches that, and they say, wow, that looks, that's amazing. You guys are living at a different level of peace, a different level of hope, a different level of faith, a different level of joy. I want that. And they begin to follow and to walk it out with us. Okay, let's close our eyes. We're going to pray. If you have an area of your life right now, you say, man, I have got to get transparent and i got to get some help. i got to grow in this. Then this is what I want you to do. I want you to reach out to someone, either someone that you know in the women's group. If you're in a community group, reach out to your community group leaders. Uh, If you're new, if you don't have anybody like that, somebody to connect to, just come talk to me and I'll get you connected to somebody. But we want to connect you with somebody to help you grow and to grow forward in the Lord. Father, we thank you, God, that you are here. God, we pray, Lord, that as we allow your spirit to search our hearts and our minds, God, and to cause uh, just, Lord, your light to shine even in the dark places of our hearts and our minds, God, even, Lord, to... Come over to where we've spilled the milk in our heart. God, we spilled the milk in our life. Lord, we just remove that sign that says don't touch. God, we want you to touch it, Father. God, we want you to clean it. Lord, we want those that love you and that have our best interests at heart, Lord, that are in this house, in this family, that are part of the Beat Church, God, to come in and to help us clean it up just to leave it there for someone else to trip on and get hurt later in life because we never cleaned it up. God, we want to clean it up, Lord, and we want to be more like you. God, help us to do that. It's not our natural tendency, Lord. We need your help. So we pray that your Holy Spirit would come and Lord, bring conviction in areas that need cleaned up, Father, that are affecting our lives or the lives of others. God, we need your Holy Spirit to come, Lord, as a counselor and lead us into the truth of your word and how to live. God, we need your Holy Spirit to give us even, God, the confidence, Lord, to talk to others about where we're at and to be transparent. God, it's all done by and through and with your spirit. So, Lord, we ask for your Holy Spirit to come right now. God, I pray for anyone in that situation, Lord. God, let them leave here today and not just uh, tuck it in their back pocket and forget about it, but, Lord, let them take action and, and reach out, call, text, Facebook message go knock on someone's door and say hey, I'm here, and I got to get some stuff out I got to talk about I got to get got it cleaned up and grow forward In Jesus name